Hello again, McHenry County. Welcome to Left at the Light, uh, the podcast where you can hear from businesses from the area and get their stories on how and why and where they're going. Uh, Once again, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for jumping into this episode with Cafe Olympic. And on this episode, I spoke to Rachel. And uh, one of the things that um, I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit is when we do these, when I do these interviews, um, I get the chance, the opportunity to speak to people about something that they love. And that really comes across in the way they speak about their business, the way they um, show emotion at times. And, you know, with this one, you're going to hear that. You're going to hear, um, you know, someone who is speaking from the heart about their business and about uh, the effects of COVID and what that has done to their business. And, uh, to the people that work for them as well. Because, I mean, you got to re- remember that uh, they are responsible for others and their income and uh, having a job and being able to provide for themselves and their family. So, you know, it's it's a, been 2020 was a trying year for, for restaurants and businesses in the area and all over the place. Um, and so I, I try not to dwell on the, that topic too much in these interviews, but it is uh, something that is going on and is active. So um, keep that in mind. Uh, Also, I just kind of want to mention too, um, in this episode, uh, I believe there's one swear. (laughs) Um, So if you do have kids and you don't want them to hear that, uh, maybe uh, it's, there's one in here. So I think most of us that are listening to this can handle the one. Um, So I didn't mark this as an explicit episode, but uh, I got to tell you one coming up is going to have to be listened to probably without kids in the room. Um, that's coming up uh, the next episode, I believe. Uh, I'm not going to give away who it is just yet. So, um, again, if you've been enjoying all the episodes and you haven't reached out and said, hey, I want to hear from this business, feel free to do that. Uh, left at the light pod at gmail.com. Um, trying to get as many areas as I can. I, I don't want to focus on just, you know, the certain cities uh want to get out there so if you're out in um i don't know johnsburg uh out in that area let me know of a business you want to hear from or uh woodstock or Cary or something like that so we've had suggestions and i'm reaching out to uh different businesses in the area and trying to do what i can to get them on the podcast so um more suggestions the better so everyone's been very um accepting uh, what's the correct word here uh very excited to be on the podcast when i ask them about it and I, every business so far has been great so uh really appreciate the support on the end of businesses and of you guys so again feel free to email me or contact me through facebook or whatever whatever way works for you so again guys um here's the episode uh without further ado cafe olympic and rachel Okay, so we're we're recording now. So how are you doing today? Uh, tired. <laughs> yeah, I was up baking all night, and then we had a really a really good service today. So, yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. So Cafe Olympic. Um. Tell me about the history, what you know of it, and uh, you know whatever you can tell me. 
Sure. Uh, it's actually, it's been a diner since 1976. Um, it became Cafe Olympic in 1984. Um, this, uh, myself um, and my partner, Rosie, uh, are the third generations of owners for Cafe Olympic in Crystal Lake. Um, we bought the diner uh, on October 15th of 2019. Uh, and then about five months in is when um, COVID hit. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's been, a, it's been a wild ride so far. So it's been a rough start. Yeah, per se. <laughs> yeah. So um, just, we'll, we'll just briefly just talk about COVID real quick. How has it um, affected you guys? Um, well, besides the first day that, you know, is what, March 16th, um, when the world kind of got shut down besides like collapsing in the alley behind the diner and not knowing what we were going to do. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a battle every day. So uh, every, every day, every week, uh, we're trying to figure out how to pivot, how to stay relevant um, while also staying sane and strong, uh, you know, going through all this. So uh, one of the things that is a little bit different for us, everyone's struggling no matter what type of business during all of this. But one thing that is different for us is um, we were kind of new business owners. Yes, this was an established business, but Myself and Rosie have been in this industry for a long time, and we, uh, we, you know, we have an SBA loan out on the restaurant. Um, we have rent to pay, so it was uh, definitely uh, more scary and more challenging um, for us than, say, some other businesses who maybe were established, uh, own their own property already. Uh, you know, they they don't have any SBA loans out. Like I said, it's obviously it's hard for anyone, but it was it was devastating. It was really really scary. And um, we opened up the very next day for takeout. So Cafe, you know, March 17th, I think it was like a Tuesday. In Cafe Olympic, they did a little bit of takeout, maybe like five orders a week, but um, they were not built or set up for takeout, um, let alone delivery, anything like that. So uh, Rosie and I, just from day one, um, you know, we tried to use our experience. And of course, there were some bumps along the way. Um, but we stayed consistent. We didn't minimize our hours. Um, we, uh, yeah, so we started with pickup uh, that first that first day. And then within about a week, we rolled out online ordering. Um, and then about two weeks after that, so by April, we rolled out delivery. Um, and uh, we just, we kept evolving our menu. We kept changing it, trying to make it more modern, more fresh. Um, utilizing local farms because they were struggling as well. And uh, just, you know, just we are, we're lucky to, Rosie and I applied for a class 25 liquor license. So that allows us to sell liquor to go um, and alcohol to go as well as deliver it. So um, a couple, you know, mid-April, we were starting to sell mimosas to go and wine to go and um, craft beer to go. So it was just every, every couple weeks we were trying to roll something else out to get us out there on social media, to let people know what we we're doing, how we're changing, how we're evolving with these times. Um, whereas there's so many restaurants that just didn't even know where to go, you know, from there and they, they just closed. They closed until they could figure out what they were, what they were gonna do. Um, and we kind of took a little more riskier approach in a sense, cause we didn't feel we had a lot of room to wiggle from there because of, you know, our loans and being so new as business owners. 
Um, we just rolled stuff out and then we went with it. <laughs> we just would get an idea and we're like, we're just going to do this tomorrow. Um, and, uh, and it worked. And the community saw that. Um, a big thing for us right in the beginning of COVID was um, we joined uh, Project Frontline. We were asked to join Project Frontline, which was an organization in McHenry County to support, you know, frontline workers, hospitals, um, long, you know, long-term care facilities. And so we partnered up with them and we, every week we were feeding, you know, 50 to 100 people, whether it was a hospital or a nursing home. Um, and, you know, that, that was providing before our takeout business was kind of picking up, that was providing hours for my employees um, and hours for, for my team. So instead of having to lay them off, I was able to allow them to keep, obviously they weren't making the same tips that they were making before, but mm -hmm. they were still employed and they were still making, you know, tips. And we were also kind of navigating this as a, as a small family because our, our staff is extremely small. And so Project Frontline was awesome. It was a feel good story for everybody. It was, it was beneficial financially. Um, and, you know, employee retention wise for the business. Um, and we did Project Frontline all the way up until about May when the program ended. Um, and then it transitions kind of beautifully into uh, being able to open a patio um, on the corner of William Street and Woodstock. Um, so we built a patio. Uh, you know, we went through a lot of hoops to get it done from the city. There's never been a patio on that corner before. It is a very busy corner as far as, you know, traffic and people going to all the shops and boutiques. But um, so, you know, right after Project Friendly and ended, we kind of transitioned right into patio seating and adding to it and, uh, you know, adding a table, an extra table here, a table there. And, yeah, summer, summer was good. Um, our takeout held up. Um, patio was, uh, patio was really great. The amount of kind of people within the community wanting to support local business and, um, kind of hearing our story and watching how we didn't give up, uh, and how we are trying to not only stay alive as a small business, but also trying to give back to the community as well. Um, we, we formed a, a really awesome fan base that's still, you know, still growing today, um, which we're so thankful for. And at least once or twice a week, I cry my eyes out. I'm just like, this is just the outpouring some more, you know, support from the community. Um, I forgot what your original question was, so <laughs> I went off on a tangent. So let me know if you want to redirect me anyway. Oh, that's okay. Well, one thing we do on here is we tangent and go off in different places. So that's fine. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> um, Man, I just forgot my second question too. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you threw me off. Um, oh, I, I one thing I wanted to tell you is, as you were telling that story, one thing I thought of is some of the other places that I have gone to and done this interview with, um, yeah. multiple um, uh, Plum Garden and uh, that's Mari and a couple of them have said, "Hey, you should go talk to Cafe Olympic," yes. um, and you know, help them out or whatever whatever we could do to help promote them. So. Cause there's other people looking out for you just so you know <laughs> yeah yeah we feel it we definitely feel it we're we're really grateful you had said that you and rosie took over in 2019 yep so what led to that decision to say hey let's jump into this uh you know cafe olympic and this restaurant and try to make a thing out of it sure um so rosie and i we go way back um we met at giorgio's actually she was a bartender and i was a cocktail waitress um, back in, whew, 
2002, maybe. Okay. Um, so Rosie and I became best friends and we kind of, um, uh, you know, while, while in college, uh, we're bartending and waitressing in the area. I was actually on and off at Duke's Ale House for almost 15 years. Um, she was at the cottage for about 17 years. Um, so we are kind of always those best friends who have worked together a lot in restaurants around town, but we're also like competing bartenders across the tracks from each other in a sense um, and sending, you know, regulars back and forth. So uh, we, I moved to the West Coast for 10 years um, and did some more schooling. Uh, I ended up joining a few restaurant groups out there and I opened, um, I opened uh, a little over 90 restaurants. Um, for other people and for other groups all over the country. So I was traveling. She was at, you know, she was at the cottage doing her thing. Um, her husband was like the GM of side outs forever. And so we always, you know, stayed best friends. Um, and when I would like come home for trips, we would kind of star 10 together. But, uh, I, after I opened, then when I moved back to Chicago, I was working for a group called One Off Hospitality. They're based out of um, downtown Chicago. And uh, after opening a few restaurants, I love them. Um, they're amazing. And then I also helped consult with another group in Chicago called Hogsalt. Um, I just got tired. Um, I became a mom uh, to a little girl and I was tired of traveling. I was tired of commuting to the city. And I always knew I wanted to open my own restaurant, especially a diner. Um, I grew up in my grandpa's diner on the south side of Chicago as a young girl. And I always knew I wanted to buy a diner and, um, uh, and start with there and open multiple restaurants. And I was just tired of opening other restaurants for other people. You know, it great, gave me great experience, but I'm like, I want something of my own. Uh, so I talked with Rosie and we went out and um, had some dinner and I was like, let's buy a restaurant. Um, you know, SBA likes if we buy an existing business as our first, we didn't have a ton of money to start with. Um, and, uh, and so we were kind of looking at different locations and, uh, and Cafe Olympic kind of just came up to us because it was in between Rosie at the cottage and where I was at Duke's and it was like colliding in the middle. And of course it's an incredible location, definitely an old building, uh, mm -hmm. that needs a lot of work, historical building. Um, but, uh, there was rumors that the owners were, uh, you know, the, uh, the Angelus family were selling Cafe Olympic, right. As we were you know, kind of having Rosie and I were having these conversations. So um, it was a very private listing. It was a very private confidential sale. Um, they were worried about, you know, some of their long-term team members finding out and kind of freaking out and not wanting to worry anyone. So we were in the progress of that sale for almost eight months before anyone knew. Mm. It was really, really hard because everyone knew Rosie and I were up to something. Everyone knew Chris and Nancy were up to something. And we, you know, legally and just the whole making sure, you know, the transition was smooth. It was, it was hush hush. Um, so we decided on Cafe Olympic, not only because I grew up in Crystal Lake, um, Rosie grew up in McHenry. Uh, it's obviously a cornerstone of the community. Um, it's a historic, you know, there's, uh, like I said, the previous owners, they used to, uh, they used to say that there's magic in those walls and in that location. Um, we loved a lot of things about it, despite, you know, some of the work that was needed for it. But yeah, it was a little bit of, it was a community staple, uh, and then the location, and obviously, you know, we wanted to kind of create a modernized diner, so that was the reason we chose that location instead of like a 
cookie cutter strip mall location or, or someone, you know, another business somewhere else. So we knew that uh, Rosie and I are both bakers. Um, we're both pastry chefs. So we knew that we wanted to like add in a baked goods program um, to Cafe Olympic. And uh, there's a very nice uh, nook in the basement of the building uh, that would be perfect for a bakery. Um, as far as setup and, and execution of being able to build a bakery within the basement and within the walls of the actual diner. So that was really enticing to us as well. Um, the basement's, you know, spacious, so opportunity to do more things, expand the menu, be able to prep fresh things in-house by doing some remodeling downstairs to give the kitchen a little bit more room. Um, there, we have a lot of other ideas we want to uh, before COVID hit, we were wanting to do a walk-up takeout window out the side door where people and commuters um, could get off the train and, you know, grab a cinnamon roll to go or a breakfast burrito or, or whatnot um, quickly and actually start to evolve our takeout business. And then COVID hit and it just kind of happened, right? <laughs> so instead of a fancy walk-up door, we just run out that back door <laughs> to bring orders to people's cars. But um, so, yeah, it was a combination of all those things and us wanting to stay in Crystal Lake stay with our network, um, stay around our families, um, give back to where we grew up and give back to so many of our regulars who we used to wait on for a long time. Um, I want my daughter to grow up here in Crystal Lake. I want her to go to all the schools that I went to growing up. Um, so lots of, you know, it was just the right time and the right place that Chris and Nancy were looking to sell and get out because they wanted to retire and, um, or pursue other things or move or travel and, uh, so it all just kind of um, fell into place uh, at, you know, like I said, right time, right place, and the dream that uh, we wanted to own a restaurant in our hometown. That's great. Um, so you said you grew up in Crystal Lake. I did as well. Okay. Uh, and I went to uh, Central for mm -hmm. high school. I went to South. South? Eh. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go to Central. All I my friends went to, to Central. Central. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Central, we didn't have any like real air conditioners or anything. I know. Window units. <laughs> I think they still have them too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I was going to say uh, when I was in high school, like during finals week, the, the couple days you're doing finals, we would always go down to Cafe Olympic for breakfast, eat there, and then like go to yeah. the finals classes we had and lunch. You know, when we had the you know because junior senior year, you can actually go downtown for lunch. You had enough time. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's quite a French fries and milkshakes. Yeah, yeah, and I think everyone has that, at least that I know of, has that memory of going down there. So that's it is definitely yeah. a staple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so as far as like what what is your role in the business right now, and uh, since Rosie's your partner, what is her role in the business? Yeah, so we work seven days a week. Um, <laughs> pretty much open to close. Uh, we're both, yeah, we're both uh, managing partners. Um, so, uh, with that, the, you know, the kind of the definition of that, what that means is we, we, we're there every day. There is one of us there from open to close every day supporting our team. Um, she's more focused on, uh, front of house, um, and assisting like the, you know, especially before COVID, especially, um, the servers and, um, kind of all front of house. I'm more kitchen. Uh, I do both, but um, I focus with my chef, you know, my chef, John Vasquez, uh, on kitchen operations. In the first few months, we actually bought the business. I worked on the line. Uh, usually on weekends, I'm on the line as well. 
um, with, you know, with the kitchen team and then Rosie's kind of out in the front of house with the servers and takeout um, and all that. So we're, yeah, we're in there when, uh, when the world was open. Um, I served a couple nights a week. She served a couple nights a week filling in the shifts that, uh, you know, whether someone was sick or we lost someone um, to go back to college uh, or it's just a Monday night shift that no one wants, um, things like that. So yeah, we're, uh, we're knee deep in it. Um, we're cooking, we're washing dishes, we're running deliveries. Um, a big, big part of both of our roles is baking as well. So we usually flip-flop. So that's the hard thing about me and Rosie is it's, it's rare that you'll catch us there at this exact same time unless we're transitioning. Mm -hmm. um, she works a lot of mornings during the week. I work nights. Um, and then she bakes at night and then I bake early morning um, for, you know, for the shift at hand because we bake our, our baked goods uh, every morning um, for every day. But so yeah, between running shifts and then um, baking, uh, we're always kind of transitioning each other. And uh, just Saturdays and Sundays are really the only two days a week that you'll find us there for like five, six, seven hours together um, out of the whole week. So we pretty much do a little bit of everything. Um, yeah, we power wash the sidewalks, we take out trash, we, <laughs> you know, um, we do do, uh, during the week, we especially do a lot of deliveries um, uh, to keep, you know, whoever, what other team member is working and running the rest to take out. Um, we, you know, we'll run on, we'll take the delivery to let them, you know, take some of the other orders and make sure they're uh, seeing their guests and their regulars and talking to them. So I don't know how the delivery thing kind of evolved. It just ended up being like, well, we're fast and we can just get it done and you take care of all the other tickets. But um, yeah, we're pretty much the same as everyone else who works there. Um, definitely a different kind of ownership role than a lot of restaurants or a lot of restaurants that we've worked in. Um, it's rare that you'll walk in and you'll you know, see an owner um, washing dishes for, for a couple hours or, or, you know, trimming meat and things like that. So, mm -hmm. so um, with all those roles, I mean, you're still running the business too as well. Yes. So how do you balance all that? I don't, I don't sleep. I drink a lot of caffeine. I drink, I drink whiskey sometimes more than I should. Um, <laughs> but yeah, COVID especially has been, um, it's been hard. Um, just keeping up uh, in our bakery. We were about to finish building our bakery where we could get a few other pastry chefs in to assist um, with kind of the everyday stuff, like this time consuming things, the cinnamon rolls, double buttercrust pies, um, things that take a long time to prepare and bake. And so we were right, we we're about to, uh, you know, start, we actually started building on our bakery um, at the end of February. And then COVID hit and we just stopped. Mm -hmm. um so where rosie and i are we only have one oven uh we have to like take shifts and you know because it's the bakery downstairs and completely ready so we don't want to interrupt the guys on the line during service um using their prep tables and using their oven and um so it's yeah how do you balance um uh one uh we we kind of have no choice we can't give up right mm -hmm. uh we can't give up because we have loans we have a community to prove to that we're not going to give up and we're not going to fail. We have too much experience and too much heart. We have too great of a team to let them down. So that's something that keeps you going every single day. Um, another thing is, uh, 
Rosie and I both in ourselves and our careers, and even whether it's a hike or, you know, climbing a mountain, we've, we've never failed. Uh, neither of us have ever failed at anything. Uh, I opened, like I said, over 90 restaurants for other people and not one of them closed down. Um, some of them were resold to different owners, but none of them are closed. So I'm like, I'll be damned if I did that many restaurants for other people and, and mine's, mine doesn't survive. So it's, it's kind of like a survival mode um, that keeps you energized and going. And uh, over a couple months uh, after COVID hit, the thing that the thing that was the biggest motivator was our, our people, the people, this community, and just like, just the generosity and the support and whether it was online um, or, you know, whether it's through tipping the staff or, I mean, I had a, I had a guy walk in a couple weeks ago. I never met him before. No idea. He saw one of my posts on Facebook and he literally left an envelope at the front door. Um, that said a for Rachel's bakery and it was $500 in cash oh, wow. and he left it with Carrie, my, my server, never met him. Didn't want to meet me. He was in and out. I was literally right around the corner and Carrie's like, Oh, grab her. She's right here. She would love to thank you. And no mystery, man. Um, so it's just all those little things every day. And like, um, with the project frontline too, uh, with, uh, the collaborative, we did a collaborative Thanksgiving, um, where uh, I got together Dukes and uh, 1776 and Forked Foods and Erin McElroy, she was part of Project Frontline as well. So she helped with the, you know, organize the collaboration for Thanksgiving, but just um, that, that was a big motivator, giving back to the community and giving them something delicious, even though the holidays are terrible right now and they suck and no one's having a good time. And so those are motivators that keep you going. Um, the team too, like I said, we've become a really close knit family and all of us have kind of stepped up. You know, like I said, I have servers helping sweep and mop the basement, um, which was never their job duties before, or, you know, power washing back by the dumpster because we need to get it cleaned and, you know, we have to minimize on staff um, during the week when it's not as busy. And uh, yeah, so it's just, it's all of those little things on top of like, Rosie and I are also very stubborn. Um, we're, we're extremely stubborn, both of us. So, so balancing it, it's really just all those motivators, um, all tied into one and then lots of caffeine, um, and just feeding off of the people that we're feeding, um, letting them feed our souls and give us motivation to keep moving forward. And, um, the, we were, we got featured on WGN Chicago's best, um, back in, uh, March. Actually, it aired the week after COVID hit. Uh, that, that was like a huge like motivator too on how to balance things and keep things going and just keep working harder. It's like we, we're, we're seeing the response from the community and that's what's driving us, um, them and, and the team. But also, again, lots of caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> caffeine, maybe a little whiskey. Yes. <laughs> no, no whiskey for Rosie. She doesn't drink. I don't know how she does it. But <laughs> for me, for sure. Um, I will say this, and, and I think uh, one of the things that's going to come out of all this is probably going to be, you know, some good things for restaurants and other businesses because um, they found new ways to do things, or maybe some other things that they can offer the customer. And um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I hope that you know that it benefits in the end. I know this is just a long journey that's just seems right. never ending. 
yeah. uh, you know, I, I really, I hope for that. And uh, I hope that for you guys too. I, I noticed a little tear. <laughs> yep. Um, There's another one about to come. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will move on. Um, tell me. About <laughs> Sundays are always my crying days. It's okay. <laughs> um, mine too, because of the bears, but. No yes. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I lost it a second for a second. Okay. Your bakery. Tell me about your bakery. Cause it seems like you really love that. Yeah. That, I mean, that was our goal from day one. So we're at a rock and a hard place with it. Um, we don't have enough electrical to support the ovens. So we've got like the walls in, um, we've got the materials to redo the floors and the ceilings. Um, uh, but the convection ovens that we need, uh, to really maximize and, and be like a full-blown bakery in Crystal Lake and McHenry County um, takes uh, a certain amount of ampage um, and we don't have enough amps. So it was a big ordeal with lots of electricians and we would have to upgrade our electrical service from a 200 amp to a 400 amp. Well, materials and labor alone, that cost almost $6,000. Mm -hmm. And that's just for the electric because the building's very old. Um, so the space is great. Um, and it won't take a ton of money to actually, you know, finish remodeling the walls and the ceiling and doing everything to code. It's the electric portion of it that set us back and why we are nervous to not only spend $6,000 on running new electric to be able to support the ovens and the mixers, um, but also, you know, the $4,300 convection ovens um, that we need. Even those are used. So... That's, you know, over $10,000 um, out the door. And like I said, we had, we had saved up uh, some money for it. But when COVID hit, we just, we were scared to spend it. We didn't know what was going to happen. Um, so uh, that is still sitting in our, our savings account. Um, and we're just waiting for COVID to be over to roll that, you know, roll that out forward. And then there's, do you take the risk during COVID? Because Crystal Lake actually really does need a bakery and we can't keep up. We had to sell out of pies two weeks before Thanksgiving because we physically, even without sleeping for three days straight, we could not produce enough pies. We didn't have enough oven space. Um, uh, we just, we did, yeah, it, it was just, we didn't have enough ovens. Um, and then Christmas as well. Like I'm, I'm about to have to cut off cinnamon roll pre-orders and we're still two and a half weeks from Christmas. So it's like all that extra revenue, it's like, do you take the risk and do you spend that bubble and that cushion and, and just push forward on the bakery? Because we know the demand is there. We know the want is there. We know we could do so much more with it too, promoting it more. Sometimes we're even scared to promote stuff because we don't want it to sell out at 8.30 and then it's like, well, we just promoted something and now people call it nine and just woke up and they can't even get it. So it's, it's a very challenging place because it would make Rosie and I's lives so much easier um and be able to like manage the business in different aspects if we are able to have more oven space a couple girls working with us pastry girls um and doing so much more but yeah our focuses are um cinnamon rolls uh took off uh we i i was working on a cinnamon roll recipe when i was living in portland so for like six years um perfecting a cinnamon roll recipe so that was the first kind of baked good that we focused on and rolled out about a month after we bought the business. Um, and they just went viral. Uh, they took off. Uh, I feel like we, you know, people like it's, it's funny if I'll be like out on the patio. Um, I have like some pretty distinctive like tattoos on my arm. Mm -hmm. So in some of the, like the baking pictures and things you, 
people like they'll be out on the panel and they'll be like, that's the cinnamon roll girl. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm like, the because I'm in the kitchen a lot. So when I do go outside to like the patio or to tables, um, they're kind of just like, that's the cinnamon roll girl. But um, so I, yeah, I focus on cinnamon rolls. Um, I want to do a whole spread of cinnamon rolls. I want to do a bacon bourbon one. Um, we rolled out the caramel apple last month. We've obviously got our original. Um, I want to do a blueberry lemon cheesecake uh, roll. So we want to do this whole variety. I want to do like a, a mini cine flight. Um, so we want to do all sorts of things, as, you know, caramel pecan sticky buns. I want to do all sorts of things with cinnamon rolls. And we're just kind of rolling out our fun ones seasonally just because the original ones just sell so much we can barely keep up. Um, so that's a focus, um, double butter crust pies, so apple, cherry, um, and then uh, when we do have the bakery as well, um, I want to start doing our own homemade uh, buttermilk biscuits, um, too, and brown butter cookies. Uh, so those, I'm more of like the kind of southern rustic inspired baker, and Rosie's the fancy one. So Rosie does like all the cream pies and she does like the, you know, I don't even know what they're called, but the beautiful little like blobs of, of frosting and stuff on her pies. She'll be like, you know the term, but like, so she does key lime, chocolate cream, um, banana cream, coconut cream. She's a, uh, uh, since COVID, um, she's dabbled a lot into vegan. That's another thing we've we've kind of evolved in and grown uh, that obviously Cafe Olympic never had before is um, is appeasing the masses and the vegan people. My chef loves to cook vegan. Rosie is having a lot of fun experimenting with vegan baking. Um, I won't have anything to do with that. I I don't know even know how you cook without butter and and, and all that stuff. But she she took it. She grabbed it by the horns and the vegan uh, community has loved it and loved her desserts. So yeah, she does all the cream pies, all the vegan desserts, um, and cakes. So she does, you know, your, your decorative type cakes and things like that. So we, we both kind of, and she has actually an ice cream and chocolate maker too. So eventually in the future, we want to get an ice cream machine, but those suckers are like $30,000. They're like crazy expensive. Um, but yeah, eventually we'd love to start making our own ice cream as well. No, by no means trying to compete with like, kaleidoscopes on the street or, or or julianne's or the freezer anything like that but just for like our milkshakes and for like some of our desserts and stuff just having our own ice cream would be a lot of fun and she loves to do that so so yeah we um are we want to uh, our plan was to start a bakery in the bottom of cafe olympic and then open a brick and mortar bakery mm -hmm. in a neighboring town of crystal lake to kind of expand the brand mm -hmm. and we wanted to have a second concept and that's been our initial goal as well uh we were either thinking about McHenry was um McHenry was uh appealing to us that's where Rosie grew up there's actually not a real bakery there um in McHenry at the moment um that's uh there's I mean there's Riverside but that's kind of like Island Lake like not really a bakery like ours with cinnamon rolls and biscuits and mm -hmm. breads and things like that um, they're more like donuts and, you know, that, that sort of bakery. So, so yeah, that's, that's where we want to go, but you know, stupid virus, um, and being terrified every day and not knowing what's going to come next and just making sure we're paying our bills and paying our team, um, you know, before anything else. Um, but yeah, we want to, we definitely want to, um, 
a lot, a lot to expand on with, uh, with our bakery dreams. And it's something we're passionate about. We love and uh, the community's really, really responded to it. I mean, we get yelled at like today we got yelled at by like eight people because we sold out of cinnamon rolls today actually was like, I had, I started with a, I started with a, like, uh, sort of like 70 to sell, not including all my pre-orders. Um, so I had a bunch of pre-orders for people who ordered like a week ago for large orders. But yeah. So it was just 70 to sell and we sold out in like two and a half hours. So people are calling at like 11. They're like, what do you mean you're out? And they're like yelling at poor Carrie and Kelsey on the phone. I'm like, you want to buy us a new oven? You want to pay for new electric? Like we'll have more cinnamon rolls. <laughs> You know, so we're getting feisty with that, but it's good though. It's it's good to, um, you know, I, I cry when I bake a lot, especially cinnamon rolls, because um, they're labor intensive. They take a long time. They're muscular, like they're tiring with all the rolling and everything like that. But when you get those like reviews or people posting or sharing pictures and, you know, they post a pic of their brother or their daughter or their son with like, one of my cinnamon rolls and they just say like this cinnamon roll made his birthday during COVID and, and shit like that. I mean, it's just like, okay, I'll roll more cinnamon rolls. <laughs> you know, it just, it gets to you. Um, it gets to you that, that people really love it and it does make their day brighter. Uh, it does make an occasion brighter. So yeah. I have not had one of those cinnamon rolls yet. It sounds like. No? Okay. I, it sounds like I need to make sure I get one because uh, just the way you talk about it, it sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, besides, the cinnamon rolls, besides the cinnamon rolls, yes. um, what's like a dish that you really enjoy eating there? Um, so not baked goods, so just our dish. Um, so I would say the grown-up grilled cheese um, is, or the bacon me crazy, which was on WGN. Uh, those are my top two for sure. Um, our some of our new items so we just rolled out a new menu a couple weeks ago um some of our new items that we've been wanting to recreate are uh you know specials that we've been running since covid and things that took off um but they're called cali nugs and uh chef john always likes to do a play on like funny names but yeah cali nugs they're a vegan dish um they're you know tempura battered cauliflower with a garlic scallion ginger glaze um, those are absolutely delicious. I'm not even a huge like cauliflower fan. Um, my go-to, like when I'm starving or leaving the restaurant, it's really simple. Um, but the chicken bacon ranch wrap, um, it's huge. You have enough. I mean, I'm a I'm a fat girl at heart, and I still can't even finish the whole wrap. Um, so that's uh, that's definitely a, a favorite. Um, and our, uh, our new smash burgers. So we went away from, I actually just had one of those before I met with you. So I feel like I'm in a food coma before I have to go bake. But uh, <laughs> we got rid of our regular burgers. We were hand packing them. They were delicious, you know, half pounders. But um, we wanted to kind of set ourselves apart from the rest of Crystal Lake and kind of neighboring towns. And everyone does the, a beautiful, you know, hand packed burger like Trax and DC Cobbs and Goal Line and Dukes and um, we wanted to be more diner and be different. So we rolled out, we got rid of our regular burgers and went with a smash burger where we all like watched like all these videos on it. We went and tried smash burgers from like famous smash burgers places. And, um, so now it's a, it's a double patty, um, a double smash burger patty. And it's very, very diner authentic, um, super flavorful cooks fast. So it's quick. 
um, but also still hand-packed and, you know, fresh. Um, so that's, since we rolled out the new menu, I'd say the smash burger is probably our, uh, one of our top selling items out of the, the newest items. Yeah. Okay. Um, you had mentioned before, which caught my attention, that you, you deliver alcohol now. We do, yeah. We have the liquor license to do so, yeah. <laughs> so how, how hard was that to um, do to get the license and all that? Well, so we went, we went go big or go home. So when Rosie and I bought the diner, they did not have a liquor license. Um, they had one way years and years ago, but they never renewed it. So Rosie and I had to apply for a brand new one. Um, and we went for the class 25. So we went for the highest liquor license. We were looking at, it was like $500 more, but it allowed you to start serving at 7 a.m. Um, until 2 a.m. So the longest amount of um, like uh, operational hours as possible. And then it also allowed for takeout and delivery. So almost that packaging license um, to deliver. And so we're, she's like, well, why don't we just go for the biggest one? And I was like, yeah, why not? And we actually didn't expect them to give it to us, but they just said yes. So we're like, okay. So we're actually one of the only places in town that can legally sell alcohol to go. That's a restaurant, right? A retail like off-premise license is different. Mm -hmm. But for a restaurant, you know, of course there's bars by the train that sell their six packs of PBR to train goers and don't say a word and just, you know, friends and family and stuff. But um, yeah, we're, we're one of the very few places who are able to do that um, legally. And so it wasn't, it wasn't hard. We just paid an extra 500 bucks and we showed up on time and we did our Bassett and we checked all the boxes. And I think that, you know, uh, the majority of the people on city council uh, have like dined with Rosie or myself when I was working at Dukes or she was working at the cottage. So like we walked in and we were a familiar face to the city of Crystal Lake. Um, which helped us. You know, of course, I was nervous. I wanted to throw up. I thought they weren't even going to give us a license at all um, because I always over-exaggerate everything. But, um, no, it, it wasn't hard. It was a lot of, like, paperwork and stuff like that, but the actual process wasn't hard. The city made it very easy, very clear. Um, you know, there was pretty hardcore background checks and stuff, too. I remember we had to do additional background check information and whatnot to make sure we weren't going to, like, I don't know. We weren't serial killers or something, but uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't super difficult. No, there's a like during COVID, the Illinois Liquor Commissioner um, has changed a lot of rules. So like they'll roll out one set of rules and then they'll roll back on them and change them again. So keeping up with all those rules to make sure you're staying compliant can be challenging. Um, but uh, no, it wasn't too tough. You just got to check all those boxes and be nice and um, have a good background check and, mm -hmm. you know, um, be trusted in the community. Um, and uh, yeah. So no, it was, uh, you know, the finagling of like the packaging. Um, some of the packaging for it can get really expensive because the one biggest rule is it has to be um, a sealable container. So like we want to, we don't want to just resell a bottle of Prosecco. We do our mimosas on tap. So we want to fill our own bottle and we want to do all our fun mix-ins with it, whether it's grapefruit or orange juice or, um, you know, Leger Cassis. Uh, and we want to create our own in our, we do our own Bloody Marys. We make our own mix. We infuse our own spirits. And we have a jalapeno habanero tequila that goes in our Bloody Maria. We make our own mix. So like we didn't want to just buy stuff and then resell it kind of like a liquor store. We wanted our cocktails and our creations to go out. So we had to, we have to buy these special um, caps with lids 
almost like a milk carton. Mm -hmm. um, so when you twist it and close it, it does the ring seal. So then when you open it for the first time, it comes off like a milk jug. Um, so if you were driving with that, it, you know, it's clearly not open an open container, even though it's a handmade cocktail because it's, a, it's a, it's sealed. Okay. So the packaging took us a couple months to figure out because some of those things can be pricey where it's like a dollar a bottle. So it's like, well, I don't want to charge an extra dollar for this cocktail just because they're paying for a plastic bottle. I'm sure they take it in a styrofoam cup. <laughs> you know, they really wanted it. Um, so I'd say the packaging was just a little challenging to try to get that cost down and still be compliant. Mm -hmm. um, and we obviously still want it to be uh, kind of our image and, and that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you say that Cafe Olympic has evolved beyond just a diner then? Yes. Yes. We are a modernized, we are a modernized diner. Um, and hopefully soon to be modernized diner and bakery. Yeah. Let's hope so. We are a fresh take on a classic diner is what I, what I, what I typically tell people. So we, we still have our, our comfort foods, um, but you know, instead of, microwaving and reheating stuff to order. Um, we're utilizing local ingredients, making things to order. We're taking, you know, classic comfort food dishes um, and enhancing the flavors, um, pumping up the fresh ingredients, adding unique twists onto them. Um, just taking all those familiar items that people love from their childhood diners or their small town diners and um, modernizing it to something that you could potentially see in downtown Chicago you know, but still affordable and approachable prices like Crystal Lake. So just making it cool, I guess. Making it yummy and a little hip. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. That's, that's all I have for you. Um, I think that's a good place to stop. So okay. um, I thank you very much for doing this. Uh, I yeah. appreciate you taking the time. You're very busy working seven days a week. Yeah, <laughs> for a so, year. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hope to come down and see you soon and get one of the uh, cinnamon rolls. Yeah, I'll leave a post-it by the um, by the register, so you get a cinnamon roll on us, okay? For <laughs> doing this and taking the time. Yeah, so I'll leave a little post-it. So just be like, there should be a blue post-it for my cinnamon roll. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. No, thank you. Let me know if you need anything else, okay? And make sure you share it with me so I can listen to this when you're all done. Oh, I definitely will. Don't worry. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. There you guys go. There's my conversation with uh, Rachel at Cafe Olympic. Um, you know, we spoke about also to uh, her partner, Rosie. So thanks to the two of them for uh, doing the podcast. Um, obviously, uh, we just heard from Rachel, but um, they are a partnership and uh, doing great things over at Cafe Olympic. I, you know, it's, it's like we kind of mentioned during the podcast, it's not just a diner. It's really just, you know, a, it's a new kind of diner you know they have a lot of different dishes very creative um, and not to mention the the drinks that they have there as well some of the she had mentioned uh, doing alcohol delivery um, they got some interesting uh, cocktails as well so uh, go check them out go support the business order from them pick it up take it home and enjoy it with your family really you know that's the the idea here let's support our local businesses um, so again thank you guys for listening uh, contact me at left at the light pod at gmail.com. My name is Matt. Um, any suggestions you have, any businesses, and they don't got to be restaurants. Uh, they can be, you know, we're going to talk to um, a record store pretty soon. Um, and I know a, like a local McHenry bar pretty soon. 
So there's uh, not just restaurants. We're talking all businesses, all locally owned. Uh, and we want to support them. We want to promote them and get them on the show here and uh, talk to them about their story. So, um, again, if you're a business owner, too, feel free to reach out to me. Okay, so I just got one more thing just before I get out of here. Um, if you are a local musician and you have an interest in creating intro music, outro music for this podcast, let me know. Send me a note uh, because I really want to just go beyond just you know having local businesses on the podcast and having people suggest them. But I want this to be a podcast that uh, is just not just myself, but involved with the people of the community. So again, if you have any interest in doing that, send me a note, let me know, and uh, maybe we can work something out. Uh, I would love to have uh, a local artist, local musician uh, do that for the podcast. So check us out on Facebook, Left at the Light Pod. If you want to search us up on Facebook, uh, like and share. Uh, let your friends know. Let, let everybody know about this uh, podcast. Uh, we want to get as many people listening as we can so that we have more people suggesting great places to talk to. Uh, that's it. That's all I got, I think. Uh, so appreciate you guys. Keep listening. Keep suggesting. We'll talk to you next time. Again, I'm Matt, left at the light pod at gmail.com. Goodbye.